Hello and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly-on-the-wall style podcast about WordPress, business and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plugin author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WordPress and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Pressing Matters. Ian, how are you doing? I'm as good as we talked an hour ago, because we are back-to-back recording this time. We are, yeah. We missed last week's recording. Well, obviously, last episode we talked about my recent plugin acquisition, and part of the conversation we we talked about your plugin, Jack, best notification for WP, um, and you touched on a few things, and I feel like it would be good to dive into what you've been up to recently with it, um, what's your current focus, uh, and yeah, I've got some questions, but yeah, just if you don't mind, like, what have you been up to, um, and, and where are you going with it? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've been doing is looking at um, the branding of it, um, really. So it was called Better, Notif- Better Notifications for WordPress. You have to excuse me because I've got a slight cold and a bit of a cough still, so I sound a bit nasally like that so anyway yeah what's better notifications for wordpress it's now better notifications for wp and if you're getting a wordpress plugin then i kind of figured then people know what wp stands for um so i didn't think that was a big uh, a big issue and the reason i did that was simply because um i didn't feel comfortable having the word wordpress in um the name uh, when i registered my domain name and i think i've mentioned this in a previous um episode when I was registering the domain name, um, I chose better notifications for WP.com because at the same time, um, WordPress were cracking down on people that had the word WordPress in their domain name. Um, so, or registering new domains with word WordPress in their domain name, trademark registered kind of infringement, I guess, on that kind of term. So I thought, okay, I'll choose for WP. So it was a very easy step to move to better notifications for WP. And I've slowly been working my way through uh, the website, getting that, changed or the te- or the terminology for that changed uh the uh everything in the readme file for the free call plugin uh everything in the add-ons they're, they're sort of rolling out slowly whenever i'm doing an update i'm basically you know it will have the the new um for wp as opposed to for wordpress in them but uh it that's all pretty much completed now um occasionally i'm pretty convinced it's 100 percent completed now there was the odd like email that was going out because you know emails that get sent from everywhere you know you're not just got wordpress sending stuff you've got edd for you know sales things you've got support ticket things you've got um contact form emails you know all these different plugins handle emails there's no kind of central Mm. place for them all so um trying to trying to pinpoint all of the uses of the words better notifications for wordpress and change it to for wp um has only really just finished even though i started that you know uh a good month ago now i think so that's all done and with that i wanted to do a bit of branding again for a similar reason i use the wordpress logo with like a kind of a one in a kind of an icon you know in a, in a red circle like a notification icon um on the on the wordpress logo and i didn't feel comfortable using the wordpress logo or icon uh in my as my logo you know that doesn't i i don't see anything majorly wrong with it because of like the whole open source nature of everything but at the same time i can kind of understand why WordPress would have an issue with it and and you know it doesn't it doesn't really have any uh, personality you know if I'm kind of using someone else's um, or you know brand you know distinctive difference if I'm using someone else's brand icon so I want to do something and to be perfectly honest I literally threw together the the first thing that popped into my head which is uh, an envelope with that one in a red circle on it in the top right hand corner to signify that it's about emails um because it is for now uh, just about emails so i did that and i changed the font and made it better notifications for wp and with that has come some color changes some nice color changes have gone from more of a uh, sort of a darker more can uh more unified and nicer looking kind of color scheme i think and and uh uh, fonts and things like that on the website so I'm kind of just going going through that been doing that this week um, and just kind of paying attention here and there to little bits and pieces and I think it's it's improved the overall look of the plugin I think it looks uh, a lot nicer now something I really do have to do um, that is the, the last thing on my list uh, simply because it takes the most time is uh, updating the intro video um, because I made that about three or four years ago now 
and I really could do with creating a new um, quick walkthrough video and one that's a bit a bit uh, a bit shorter as well because this one's kind of like four or five minutes long it's more of like a intro tutorial than it is a kind of a this is what it does and the key features and things so I think I need to redo that but it still has quite a lot of value so I haven't removed it from the website or from the plugin listing page so so yeah that's kind of what I've been doing really yeah no it looks good as well um on your note about or what you mentioned about using the WordPress logo I think it is a trademark infringement in terms of using it in your product marketing mm. logo or whatever and I certainly don't think you can use it and then change it in any way, like adding a little notification red thing. So I think you've done right by swapping it out and um, you know staying clear of that. Um, mm -hmm. But also, yeah, you, you end up building your own brand, then don't you? That is just you know it's not tied to WordPress as such through the the marketing side, but it is a WordPress plugin. But yeah, no. It looks really good. I wonder if you have you do you feel like or oh, how long's that been live? It's probably a bit too short for um, working out if it's made any change to conversions in terms of premium. No, sales. I mean my aim wasn't necessarily to to alter conversions. I mean that's always a nice benefit, but my aim was really just to kind of give it that refresh, that visual refresh, really. Um, and I've been doing that really, yeah, just this week and a bit of last week as well. So um, I don't I don't know if it's going to have any any real effect. Um, I've actually you know you mentioned in your last podcast that September have picked up a bit. I've actually noticed my September slow down a little bit, um, mm. but I don't think it's got anything to do with this. I think it's just the natural kind of ebb and flow of um, you know WordPress uh, add-on sales. So um, yeah, it's not, not something I'm too worried about. But I'm always looking at everything. Um, you know the the premium add-ons page, for example, the um, or the add-on uh, kind of sales pages. Like I said, it, I changed, I moved the change log into a uh, modal window, uh, so you don't see it all down the side because it can be quite, you know, overwhelming. All of that kind of um, mm. text on a page can be quite overwhelming, and and a lot of the time, especially if it's an admin-based plugin, uh, WordPress plugins aren't particularly sexy. They're not something that you can really show off in screenshots nicely. They're very functional things. And people are paying for that functionality, you know, that increase in functionality or that increase in ability to do something. And so you often have quite a bit of text and the documentation is like a, a user manual for these things. And people don't like text and documents and user manuals, really. You know, they like pictures and videos and things. So I thought anything I can do to kind of tidy up this uh, kind of the add-ons uh, sales pages would would help. Um, I still think I've got plenty to do, but you know, I, I, getting rid of the change log and hiding it away behind a modal window was certainly uh, was an easy move to make. Nice. So that's out the door. Um, what's your sort of current stuff that you're working on? Uh, yeah, so I I released a, an update to the plugin um, this week. Uh, just having a look. When was that? A couple of days ago now. Uh, two days ago, yeah. Uh, and that was a mostly bug changes, but it adds supports for the new Digest add-on, which I'll talk about in a minute. And uh, yeah, just fixes some kind of very minor things. Adds a, adds a Spanish translation that someone donated, which is, which is nice and things like that. Um, but uh, I, I've been sort of trying to deal with some of the shortcomings of um, Gutenberg and notifications. Um, and there's actually a, a bit of an issue um, at the moment, and. I've been following it on GitHub. It's an open issue about Gutenberg. Following it on GitHub, and just in the last two days, it's had a lot of attention because I get getting you know email notifications from GitHub about new comments. And mm. uh, the issue is that when you um, you know bet notifications works off of post status transitions basically. So when you go from draft to publish, it sends out a new post publish notification if you've got one set up. Um, if uh, but but Gutenberg sends out two um, kind of things. Uh, it it, it two uh, two po not two post status transitions, but there's kind of two uh, requests made, and it basically saves the post and then does the transition. And BNFW's been picking that up as um, as two individual post status transitions. Mm. And it's it's a bug. It's it's a bug in the in in Gutenberg. And um, my developers actually found a, a way around it um, somehow. I haven't actually looked at it in all that much depth, which has definitely helped. But it, I, I noticed that some 
customers are still having or some users are still having issues with with it and uh, getting multiple notifications when they when they shouldn't do it, even if they're using the latest version of you know everything WordPress block editor you know BNFW and so on so it's a bit of an ongoing battle there um, and I, every sort of point release I make I am improving uh, the the whole situation I mean it wasn't Gutenberg friendly at all up until a couple of uh, couple of months ago it was basically like well you can't use this without the classic editor because it just doesn't work but it is getting mm. better and I'm using you know the block editor for testing a bit more and stuff like that but yeah the really exciting there's two kind of really exciting things that have come out of the update and that is um I've re- just released the latest add-on which is the digest add-on so that's actually been in development for a while um I say a while it's not particularly complicated it's just taken a little while to get right so I was hoping to release it in June and it actually has only become available now sort of typical issue that I have um but uh, it, it basically um combines notifications of the same type into a single email and you can set the frequency of when that is sent out so if you run a um uh, run a, a busy website that publishes posts you know say 10 times a day you don't want to get 10 emails that you know for each new post you might just want one email that has the you know the information that you need in that um mm. from the 10 posts so yeah you can digest those new post notifications down into a single email to be sent out you know hourly daily weekly monthly that kind of thing and and then you can set the title of it as well a separate title for that uh digest email um so it just yeah it just extends that functionality it adds on to it it doesn't replace anything in the core plugin it doesn't make it more complicated it really just gives you a few extra options to kind of do that and that's all stored in a, a table uh, a custom table in the database and then it's uh sent out at the desired time and it all works off the wp cron which is probably its uh, weakest point but then a lot of these things you know do so um, mm. anything that's kind of scheduled in any way you know including wordpress's own you know scheduled posts are all run off the wp cron so you know if you're having issues with um any of that then that could be a a, a point of concern but uh, other yeah. than that um it's um it's which is my only issue with any any plugin really that i put out uh if there's an issue with uh, your cron you'll notice it on scheduled post notifications or you'll notice it on reminders like we've got a reminders add-on or you'll notice on the digest yeah. add-on but um yeah ultimately it's, it's it's good i had a sale same day i released it which is quite nice and um, oh sweet yeah, yeah. It's, it's do you, do you have an email well. list of people about it. do you have an email list of customers that you can um you know send an email mail shot to to say here's a new add-on or you know do you yeah. obviously put it live on the site and yeah yeah I, did, I i have and i did i did send out a um yeah a notification to say an email to say uh, i use mailchimp um mm. to say yeah there's a new add-on uh, available the digest add-on and uh, i even got in touch with a few people that had asked about it either via you know priority support or you know uh pre-sales questions that kind of thing as well just kind of drum up some attention drum up some business for it as well so that nice. all um that all went fine and it's, it's a question of kind of sitting back and seeing what happens with it you know really uh um i don't yeah. expect when you send out those kinds of things for people to just pile on it all of a sudden and you know oh, i had 10 sales of this in one day or anything like that i never expect that i appreciate that people that run wordpress websites work at all different times and different days and you know maybe some person's on holiday right now they won't see that email for a couple of weeks and they'll buy an unlimited site license you know you don't know yeah so did, did you attribute it, that sale did you attribute that sale to that mail list was it an existing customer i could probably match it up um I would have thought so. I'd be surprised if it wasn't actually, but um, I haven't. I haven't really looked to see if it it was or not. I probably should do more things like that, but I don't. Um, have you got Google, Google Analytics, the e-commerce module set up in Google Analytics? I do. Yeah, I and do. Have absolutely, you got? Yeah. Have you got the? I don't know what it's called. It's a Google Analytics um, enhanced analytics for EDD plugin. Have you got that mm-hmm. on? Yeah, I have that. Yeah. Okay, so I was just thinking, can you, and presumably was the link in the MailChimp thing tagged with any like UTMs and stuff? Because you should, should um, be able to see I the source of that, to say that purchase. Yeah, I think you add Google Analytics to uh, MailChimp and then it kind of, it does that for you, I think. Um, but yeah. I haven't looked. To be honest, I haven't spent much time in MailChimp for a while. The only thing I've done in MailChimp recently is they changed the way they're going to do the pricing. So even if your subscribers are unsubscribed, they count towards your subscriber 
count overall subscriber count so Ugh. you no longer get 2000 you know active subscribers active yeah. subscribers you get 2000 contacts i think is what they're using it so i just bulk removed a load of people and yeah i don't have that many people on the list anymore mm. i was growing that list really really quickly when i was using freemius but when gdpr came became enforceable um i i wasn't convinced that it was it felt like a very roundabout way that they uh the consent was given so yeah. when i was using freemius and this isn't again anything against freemius because I, I thought it was a really good um thing when i used it but i was using it for a couple of different reasons mostly to see like what people were doing and why they would you know download it or remove it or whatever they were doing with the plugin but then they would it was also to get that mailing list kind of opt-in earlier on, that kind of thing. And I think what was happening is people were installing the plugin, they were opting into, um, uh, you know, uh, yes, you can track my data, that kind of thing for this plugin, that's fine, kind of thing. Yeah, go through, that's that's all good. And it kind of, and that automatically opted you into kind of MailChimp. And I think their argument was that by using your plugin, you're showing an interest, showing intent, uh, of wanting to know more about it and I, for me it didn't feel like it was opted mm. in it wasn't explicitly I want to hear from you via email about you know yeah. marketing stuff yeah. so yeah, um, that put me off a bit so tricky I got rid of that but um, yeah. but when I had Freemius I think I had thousands uh, I mean five or six thousand people on my uh, list and it was you know costing me a reasonable amount of money through MailChimp as well it was increasing quite quite quickly yeah. um but now it doesn't cost me anything so you know that just shows you how much it's sort of shrunk mm. um talking about uh cron and your cron issues i came across this mm. the other day um so we run the spinupwp.com site on spinupwp obviously so it's hosted through DigitalOcean and using spinupwp control panel to provision it and all that stuff but um, yes, yeah, so very well, very much. It's, it's good dog food in, and it's why wouldn't you use it kind of thing. But the uh, we started blogging more from on spinupwp.com. So anything that's like hosting related, delicious brains articles, they get um, they get published on spinupwp. And mm -hmm. as part of that sort of weekly publishing process that the team do. Um, they schedule the posts to be published and that works on deliciousbrains.com and, and this last week um, the post didn't get scheduled or didn't get published until like hours later um, mm -hmm. and it it turned into be a, cron, a WP cron issue because we were still using the default WordPress cron which is not really a cron it's just its own scheduler um, mm -hmm. whereas on, on Delicious Brains we disable the cron and we have a manual cron proper cron on the server that pings uh to, to it pings and runs the wp cron php file so it actually yeah. runs on every minute or every five minutes or whatever mm. and actually that's something that we do by default on spinupwp.com so not on spinupwp but the yeah. spinupwp app so if you've yeah. got a wordpress site we turn off the cron and we enable a proper cron every minute but we were only doing that by default for WordPress sites that are created via SpinUp, whereas the SpinUp WP site is a Git-based site. So it wasn't mm -hmm. running that kind of better cron, um, although we're, right. we're putting it in place to fix that and it will the cron will work for whatever site you do. But what was confused me at the time, I thought, well, hang on. So the WordPress cron will run on page visit, so if you've got a very inactive site, you don't get many visitors, the cron is not going to be real-time at all. And this is what I assumed mm -hmm. had happened on Spinup WP, but we get a load of visitors. And the issue actually was page caching. Because we page cache um, the site, it's not doesn't have any e-commerce stuff to it because that's all handled by the actual app. Um, it's page cached, and unless we manually purge that cache through updating a post or updating a page the page cache will only ever get hit and therefore PHP won't get hit and the cron won't fire. So right. you probably see in potentially lots of customers that have caching plugins or they use page cache from the server 
and therefore cron is completely useless anyway like wordpress mm. it's such a like a bad situation to be in which spin up wp is handling because it it makes the cron for you the proper cron but yeah like how many people see issues because scheduling doesn't work because they've got a page cache they've got you know a caching plugin or whatever but it just it's yeah. such a dis- a disconnect that it it blew my mind to think oh god how many people are having that same issue mm. sorry and completely taking it off on a tangent but going back to your digest add-on that's really really cool mm. and i'm now my my cogs are turning in my brain about integrating um things like that into D- wp user manager like Obviously, that sends emails to an admin to say this new user is registered on, on the site, blah blah blah, and like our plug. Well, I know we talked about it, but can our plugins integrate with each other and talk to each other? And can I get a digest of those types of notifications that are made from another yeah. plugin? Yeah, I mean, I will be go. I will be honest and go as far to say that I haven't tested every single permutation of the digest uh, functionality within the within the plugin. I, I test, you know, the the use case that I kind of come up for it, and I almost sort of leave it to customers to discover what the, you know they can and can't do with it to an extent, you know, because ultimately, if the functionality is there and you provide it to them, they'll find ways that you won't think of. So I kind of just mm. test what I'm making and kind of put it out there, and I'm, I'm happy that it works. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually have. I, I, whenever I get questions about these kinds of things or issues, uh, I tend to write a support document about it. And I actually looked. Um, I was redoing the menu for the support section yesterday, and I looked, and I've got a lot of documentation on my website mm. now. And some of it's pretty in depth, and others could do with a bit of padding out. Uh, one of them is about troubleshooting the WP cron. What's wrong? What does it do? What might be affected? Why does it happen? If you're still having issues, what can you do about it? That kind of thing. Uh, and another one is about how can your how can you make your plugin or your theme work with better notifications? Mm. And really, the only major thing that is required and it's and it's not even really a requirement as such it's kind of just a it's kind of how it should be done is that you don't you you use wordpress's uh hooks and filters and actions and things like that to just override things in the way that uh wordpress would ask you to do that and to not do some kind of hacky method when i say hacky method i mean you can generate an email using some PHP code, you know, in mm. in WordPress, it doesn't have to be a WordPress function or anything specific, or or a, a function rather that uses WordPress functions or actions. Um, so the the whole point is that you, if you're making a plugin or a theme, you have to just use the WordPress way of kind of doing it. And I've got some suggestions on how to do that. Um, so for example, uh, I've got one here: users. When adding users, don't add them directly to the database. Use the WP insert user and WP, WP update user functions. Because you could arguably write a little SQL query that will inject mm. a, a, a user, but your BNFW will never be able to pick that up because it's looking for those things within you know the various functions that WordPress provides. So it's uh, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, long long story long. Absolutely, you should be able to integrate. Um, your plugin with um, better notifications and in fact a good example is um, there's a plugin called directories pro and uh, they've they have built their notification system to exclusively use better notifications they've just extended uh, with one into the other and i've got a a page about that with a link through to there so um, yeah that's quite it's quite nice as well so yeah absolutely um go for it try it out and you know if you have any problems you just have to let me know i guess but um yeah yeah trying to provide support for plugins um other people's plugins and just say have to be honest with a you know like a user or customer and say i'm really sorry but you know it seems like the issue is actually with this other plugin Mm, that's tricky isn't it it is yeah just trying to make them understand that um well yeah but your plugin breaks when i've got this plugin enabled i was like well it's that plugin that's breaking it it's like well no your plugin shouldn't break if this plugin's you know that kind of thing they don't see the difference between those two Mm. things they uh, they see it as one or the other, and you know I've had the odd to do with somebody about that kind of thing. I say to do, you know, it's just someone that doesn't necessarily want to understand. And I usually find that's because that other plugin that's breaking better notifications is something they heavily rely on, 
and it's not yeah. something they can do without or easily migrate to something else. And there might even not be another another option to, to migrate to something else. And sometimes that's the case with BNFW as well. So when you get those two things, it really requires, you know, uh, either the, the, the user and both the authors, so, you know, myself and, and whoever has made the theme or plugin, uh, to to be nice to each other and talk to each other and try and work out what the problem is. But... Um, in my experience, a lot of other plugin authors aren't necessarily uh, interested in rewriting a whole function because it doesn't work with your plugin. They yeah. just, well, it works, so I'm not going to bother rewriting it, even if they know they haven't written it properly. And sometimes it's a, it's a, you know, it kind of highlights their uh, like an inability to code something properly, or you know, a a, a, a um an area of their programming that they don't understand and that usually like puts people's backs up as well i find so um yeah it's a bit of a tricky one but um i try and be as accommodating as possible if that's the case then that's the case i mean I, maybe i don't have that problem because i use another developer you know so it's um i'm not so close to it i guess but anyway there we go yeah that's always fun with third party integrations for sure um Okay, cool. So the digest add-ons out. What is your? Are you working on another new add-ons, or are you working on updates to existing add-ons? And and also, how do you decide where you spend your time? Yeah, sure. So um, I am working on updates to existing add-ons. Um, the next big update will be to the custom fields add-on, which is a, a really good one. I'm really, really pleased to get this one out, um, and it's been highly requested. It's basically at the moment you, if if. Uh, if the contents of a custom field changes, as in the me its meta value for any to any from anything to anything, you can send out a notification, uh, a custom field updated notification. Um, but the the thing that's lacking from that is that you want to set the custom field and its meta value, so that it only triggers on a certain meta value is detected, mm. and that's what I'm working on at the moment, basically. So um, you can. Choose a custom field from a drop down. You can put in what meta value you want, or if you don't want to specify meta value, you still want to be alerted on any meta value change, then you can leave it blank. And then you can add to it in uh, an or uh, style. Nice. Um, yeah. So if it's this, uh, actually, is it or or and? I think the trouble is, is it's trying to trying to get it working with a combination of things. And I'm also thinking about how to apply this to conditional notifications as well. So I'm getting a bit confused as to the setting screens in my head right now. But anyway, the point is, is that you can set multiples of these and then save it and then it will push it out for changes made to either one of those. So um, yeah, that's, that's really good. That's a really highly requested feature. But interestingly, all the questions I get about, oh, I'd really like to see this functionality they it's always the uh, a pre-sales question and they always choose the conditional notifications uh radio option as if they think it's going to be in there because i want to because they see it as a this one or this one is mm. changing or this one and this one is changing but it's a custom fields thing so it's in the custom fields add-on but it i can understand why they would go for one uh and not for the other but actually it's raised a larger question for me and that is should are uh, is there too much overlap between these plugins they're not separate enough should is there an argument for creating a a larger single pro plugin so it's bnfw pro and it has all the functionality of all the add-ons in it and i just improve on it slowly so instead of having to right i gotta update this add-on this month mm. or this add-on this month or whatever you just pushing out updates to you know the pro plugin and that way and you can see it's changed or growing and all that sort of stuff and you won't have these big gaps of time between development because it's it's the development of a, of a whole thing so i've started it's the only time i've really seen the benefit for me over a pro plugin versus add-ons and the reason i went with add-ons over pro is simply because when i was started thinking about how to monetize the plugin a bit I really only wanted to add support. Well, it wasn't that I only added wanted to add, a sort of add support for, but I started with adding support for custom fields. Mm. And so that was very specific. So it made sense to be an add-on 
You know, it wasn't like a, an improvement to various areas of the of the plugin to make it a pro plugin because it would have taken me a year to push that out at this pace that I go at. So as a, as I'm running my plugin as a side business, so that's why I kind of chose it. And I haven't really looked back until this moment, and it's just made me think a bit more. This episode is sponsored by Made with Fuel, a WordPress web design micro agency that specialises in designing and building websites using WordPress. Made with Fuel works with tiny, small and medium-sized businesses on websites, online shops and membership sites. To discuss your project, visit madewithfuel.com. Yeah, well, the going from add-ons to pro, that's what um, Advanced Custom Fields did when it was originally three uh, premium add-ons, the, op- the repeater gallery, I think, and the options one, I think, yeah. before, it, before they did the flexible content... And then that all got wrapped into the pro version, and the add-ons just became, yeah. you know, legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you'll probably see a value from that more so within your revenue rather than the pro- the development ease of things, because obviously you've got think, stuff overlapping and interlinking, but and being able to get things out quicker. But you'll be able to charge more, yeah. and your one customer who would have bought just one add-on will be buying more because you know that they may think well i can get all of that and it's kind of akin to the bundles and the the passes that we've been talking about um on and off yeah whereas actually it'll be it's much easier from a development point of view because you've got one code base and it's a, a code base that's easier to maintain and work through like connected functionality that might be you'd have to redo stuff in the add-ons or shared code and I guess the other downside is you and we find this with like the migrate WP migrate DB and WP migrate DB Pro. When people buy the pro, the premium version, they think that they can just unlock the pro functionality with the existing free version they've got installed. But they physically have to go and install a new zip, install that plugin, and deactivate mm-hmm. the old one, or we do that for them. But you know. Like that's a hassle for the user, whereas your free plugin will always exist and will always be installed, so they don't have to sort of muck around deactivating that, installing the pro version. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's true though. Yeah, I suppose there is a an argument for that. Um, yeah, I mean, at the same time, some people just want like a very small part of the pro plugin, so there's always going to be people that say. I'd rather buy them all together. And there's some people that say, oh, I'd rather buy them all separately. So it's, you know, it's whatever you feel works best for you financially, because it's your thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but also, uh, you know, for your customer and your user base as well. And I suppose there is a, a point you'd probably get to um, where it, you could, uh, an event where you could probably do the wrong thing. You could either go, well, we're going to the add on model or we're going to the pro model or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I, mm. I'm pretty happy with what I've done so far. I think I, as the plugging grows and continues to grow, I'll kind of just keep my ear to the ground. But I've seen it, I've certainly seen my first major use case for it. So I, I'll bear mm. it in mind. But the in the meantime, something I definitely could do to almost test the water is, is add in the, um, the sort of passes that allow you to get you know either all of them or you know just the most popular ones or you know whatever yeah Yeah. the things that are connected that you can group them together yeah Yeah. but it's a funny one as well because obviously you don't want to give too much so you know for example the uh the top three plugins that i sell are the condition notifications add-on the custom fields add-on and the send to any email add-on and the custom fields add-on came out first yet yeah, it's my second bestseller um mm. and those three would be really good as a bundle but i think people would expect a discount of that bundle if you were to sell them all together because you're paying more in one go um but that you almost don't want to do that because otherwise they would have bought them all separately and you would have had more more money out of it so yeah it's it's trying to find the right kind of a balance of of bundles and i think you kind of get that from uh, EDD's bundles actually because I've looked at that before and I don't think I actually come into or come under the uh, the the sort of the, the basic bundles I think I need the more advanced one because of the plugins that I because of the add-ons that they have that I use on this site um, mm. I actually wouldn't suit anything but there's a lot of that that I wouldn't use as well so it's 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 really it's really tricky I, I'd like to think though that some of the bundles that they have for example are 
uh, integrations that I will never ever use, you know. But the with the exception of the profile builder add-on that I have, um, all the other add-ons are useful, except for possibly the multi-site add-on because not everyone runs a WordPress multi-site. But uh, the rest of them all kind of go hand in hand, really, and just extend the functionality. Mm. So yeah, it's it's, it's thing, tricky. Yeah, the thing with the multi-site one is. You'd, you'd stick that in the higher priced pass or bundle purely as well because multi-site <clears throat> issues can be harder to support, I guess, because there's a lot going on there. And um, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, you could do a whole, you can have a whole conversation about that. And But you could also tweak it. You, you know, you don't have to change, you don't have to stick with it. Um, no. But the thing, because you've got a good basis of, like what nine add-ons there you could definitely yeah nine now yeah you could definitely split those up into groups and and you know maybe not even give the three best sellers all away in the first two tiers of the bundles you know maybe just one yeah. in each or but yeah i know what you mean but the thing is if people want those things and they're not available separately and i'm not saying only go the passes and remove the a la carte but you would probably raise the a la carte individual license prices enough to make the bundles seem more palatable um mm. yeah also, that's an interesting yeah. point actually about sorry I was, I, carry on sorry i don't mean to no 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 you no you go because i was going to start another topic okay um yeah it's interesting because i have slowly raised the prices you know over uh a good sort of three years now um four years now uh of the add-ons and the they kind of get to a point where if you're not releasing an update for them that often because they're not very widely used or you know they're not they, they don't need a, an update because you might have actually achieved everything you want to achieve in the first mm. version you know um you can't necessarily keep increasing the price of something uh yeah you know indefinitely you know there has to be a kind of a point and i and i kind of feel that the pricing that i've got bar one or two maybe that could probably go up a little tiny bit more um the pricing is more or less fine for the amount of functionality it adds i think it's probably in line with like the industry and and how, where i feel comfortable as well um because i'm not i'm not out there to sort of screw anybody but at the same time i, I am out there to make some money as well mm. as anyone that does this it usually is and um yeah, it's just getting it right. It's just getting it right. You're right. I, you know, you you could raise the prices of individual add-ons, and then that, uh, you know, that package does look more appealing. I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable doing that on this right now. I feel that I've kind of because I've been going down the add-on model. I've been concentrating on that. Um, you know, mm. as opposed to like bundle pricing or pro pricing. I think um, it would be difficult for me to do that. But it's something I, I think when I look at bundles, which is, it's not a matter of if but when I do yeah. those. Um, I will investigate what I do with the pricing of uh, the individual add-ons as well. I think. I'll yeah, I think uh, also you'd you wouldn't raise all add-on prices like the ones that you know, as you say, they, they've been released with version one, doing exactly what they need to do. They probably don't need it. Mm -hmm. Whereas the best sellers that are the more complex development time, they can have refinements and updates. Those are the those are the ones you can increase, I think. Um, and then, mm -hmm. but yeah, you've got more freedom with the bundles to do it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm feeling my way through this as well. And, and um, you know, I've had some lengthy chats with other people, Brad, um, about the pricing and we've, you know, he's, we've talked about the bundle model and how, or the add-on model has its downsides. Um, so yeah, a lot of these ideas are coming out of those conversations, and but I, I'm definitely not at a stage with WP User Manager where I can suddenly whack in a, a couple of bundles because I, I don't think the the amount of add-ons or the the amount of functionality is there yet. But I think you're mm. you're closer to it than me for sure. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I want you to be the guinea pig, but I'm saying I want you to be the guinea pig, Jack. <laughs> that's fine I, to be honest with you it's it's tricky because short of having a look at what the larger players are doing like edd 
Uh, and EDD is a very short jump because I use EDD on my own site, you know. Mm. Apart from looking at that, I feel like I've been doing this on my own. Like other people out there almost don't exist because I've just been focusing on what I've done and what I want to do mm. with the understanding that there are some practices that you can do. Like you can do pro or you can do add-on and, you know, you can sell your plugins using this bit of software. I haven't really taken any notice of what other people have been doing too much. And I, I certainly keep my eye on, you know, other people that are... Um, I don't really call them competitors, but people, other people that do know a similar kind of plugin or similar kind of thing, or even a plugin that has notifications in their plugin, that kind of thing. I keep my mm. eye on those sorts of things every once in a while, but um, I don't even look at their sites or what they're doing or anything. Um, yeah, mm. the last time I did actually, the funny funny thing is, last time I did do that, all their pricing was exactly the same as mine, so I knew I was leading their pricing, and I thought, well, that's. We don't even do the same thing. I'm not even sure that's relevant, really. I'm not yeah. sure what the point of that is. Um, I know you all have to start somewhere, but this was a plugin that's been out for a little while. So, you know, it's funny, really. But yeah. I think the more I'm seeing about the stuff I'm doing for WP User Manager is because it's easier to come in without knowledge of something and not feel like, oh, I've done it this way because I've always done it this way. And you feel a bit more freedom to change things and, and tweak things. And that's what I'm trying to do in terms of like make changes to try and push revenue without thinking, oh God, oh, like I can't, you know, like for example, my Instagram plugin, the pricing hasn't changed for years. And because I've always thought, oh, it's the way it's worked. I don't want to tweak it, blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah, maybe it's easier to come in something afresh that's, you know, and change it. Um, mm. But the thing with the add-on model is this, the thing that's sort of bugging me as well a little bit is that, and I'm not sure if it's the same for your customers, but especially for the user manager stuff, the differentiation of price tiers for each add-on is based on site installs. Um, mm -hmm. But I have a feeling, and this is just looking through my support and current or you know, or payment history and customer history, that these people are buying add-ons for one site they have a need for one site only they're a site owner so it's their one site or it's a developer using it yeah. for one site it's not quite the same as like and i you know i can't help but always compare to things like wp migrate db pro where developers are using this on multiple sites and so they will always want the higher price tier so mm -hmm. it's quite hard to eke out more revenue per customer because they're only going to need the one site license for one add-on or two add-ons. So you're getting $40 or, or £40 in your case per customer. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So there's, I don't know how you, that unless you do other things, and I'm talking about you, me, one, how do you, you can't get more revenue per customer unless you charge more and offer a little bit more, but perhaps it's not all they need or it's not, they, they won't use it all, but that's just what they buy kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, it's a, that's a very good point. You're, you're quite right. And, and most of my customers are single site users. Um, I mm. do occasionally get the, uh, the odd uh, unlimited site user and um, they occasionally do buy multiple add-ons and that day I open a bottle of wine. Mm. Um, but um, I, uh, most of the time they are all single site users. I used to have um, two to five site license pre-checked uh, as like the default option. But it was, I realized that most people were buying single site licenses. So I was just adding that little bit of, you know, friction extra yeah. work for them to buy it. Yeah. And I, so I just set it to, you know, single site license instead. And I actually, I used to have a 15 site license as well. So I, I used to do a single site, two to five site, 15 site, and an unlimited site. Because I thought the unlimited site, it always sounds a bit like all you can eat kind of thing. It's like, well, I'm not going to eat everything. I'm just going to eat more than mm. a plate, that kind of thing. Yeah. And unlimited, to me, always sort of like unlimited refills. It's like, I'm not going to drink 10 Cokes. I'm going to drink one and a half or two Cokes. And they know that, you know. Um, so I never thought that unlimited was a was the right word to use. But 15 sites, it's like, well, yeah, 15 sites. That's quite a lot of sites. And if you're using, you know, plugging on 15 sites, then that's, you're probably doing quite a lot of the same sort of thing. So you're probably mm. tossing up between 15 sites or unlimited sites. No one ever bought one. I, yeah. In fact, no, that's not true. One person bought one and they didn't renew their subscription after a year. So, and it's just because they, they had a use case. 
and it was done and mm. it some you know um, my my clients in my kind of web design business aren't like this but because i kind of support them ongoing most of them or uh, or have sort of development cycles that you know are usually once a year or something like that so they always have a need for something but you know some people they, they literally build them a site give it to them and say right you're done out your door out the door or get paid for it and that's it and they don't care if that thing you know um that subscription renews there's no ongoing hand holding or support there so yeah. there's lots of there's lots of situations but anyway yeah only one person bought one so i i decided you know what it's easier to have three options than it is to have four so i yeah. just down to where what everyone else has now single site two to five site and unlimited sites but yeah that's just that is the thing isn't it just trying to find somewhere to push them what somehow or some way to push them to a higher license and yeah, I'm beginning to come around to the fact that the the idea that sites isn't the way to do it. Not that that should change, but I might need another way of doing it. And bundles perhaps is the way to do it because you have to pay more to get the things you want, although you're going to get other things that you might not need. So, yeah. Okay. It's true, but then I suppose, you know, um, one can influence the other. You know, it, you might be like, well... I don't need conditional notifications. I only need notifications about custom field changes. But actually, they find a use case for conditional notifications because they have the add-on, you know. Mm, and yeah. then they might see the benefit of it and the power of it. And that kind of allows them to say, well, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was missing until I it was staring at me in the face kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. It, you never know. You never know. It's, it's so hard to predict all these different things, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, totally. Um Okay. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's more or less everything I've been working on. <laughs> no, that's cool. It's good to know, and it's good to yeah, it's good to hear what you've been up to. And uh, I quite like these conversations because it's food for thought, and and it just shows again. There's so many things you can do and tweak and optimize and work out. And um, yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to add, yeah. Jack? Or are you? Yeah. I think I'm good. I think I think I'm good. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I will. Um, yeah, I think mentioned in my in our last podcast that I was thinking about moving some functionality into a free add-on, mm. and a free add-on obviously could be useful. You've obviously already got some WP User Manager, but um, I haven't got any free add-ons. They're all paid. Um, mm. And one thing. The only thing I really regret adding to the free plugin that I think could have been monetized was um, global shortcodes. So you can use shortcodes in you know the subject and body of the mm. notifications to output the information. Post underscore content in a shortcode, for example, will output the post content into a notification uh, where that notification supports it, obviously. And I added global shortcodes, which were things like um, getting the current user or getting the site title and so on. And they are shortcodes that can be used in any notification. Mm. Um, again, where they're supported for, within WordPress because sometimes WordPress won't allow you to pass that information between, you know, um, yeah. A yeah. to B. And um, the password, for example, being a, an example, you don't get the password in any email these days. You know, it's everything prior to 4.3, uh, WordPress 4.3 um, used to get the password in an email. You don't get that anymore. Yeah. Um, so I've got these global site shortcodes and really they could have been a premium add-on, a cheaper premium add-on. And yeah. I, I just didn't see it at the time. And I realized like a year later, ah, oh, I should have done that, you know. Mm. But I'm thinking still about moving them out to a free add-on because it would make the whole um, support section of the site a bit simpler um it would if it was a free add-on it would get people in front of other add-ons as well um so yeah there's some kind of interesting interesting things that could be done with free add-ons to kind of promote premium add-ons but i haven't really explored free add-ons yet um mainly because if i'm doing something free it kind of feels like it should be part of the core free plugin and if i'm working on something premium they should be a separate entity yeah but, um yeah do you know what though there's there's definitely it's a double-edged sword because there's three free add-ons for WP User Manager, and I'm looking at, and they're their downloads. They do exist on WP Org um, for mm -hmm. you know installing as plugins, but they're also available at you know on the EDD site, so I can see them as a download with zero price. And how many times they've been downloaded, like the actual physical sales of them, even though they're zero price. And one of the free add-ons is the second bestseller add-on. Right. Um, so. 
it's popular and i'm like oh my god i, I need to like that needs to be monetized um and I've had that internal debate of, well, okay, so it's a free add-on. I could just start charging for it, but it's also available on WP Org as a free plugin, as an add-on plugin. Like, how do I do that? Can I take that off? Should I try and just um, leave that as it is and build the a new extended version of it? Like, it's it's completely leaving money on the table. I think even if you price the add-on lower because you know it's you know, it has functionality that people want, but it's perhaps not as big as the other things. So. You could, I suppose, you could either close the, if you wanted to monetize it, you could close the free add-on repo on wp.org and try and point as many links that you already have within your readme.txt for free plugin and, and everywhere else to the WordPress site. And I'd be interested to know what the difference is if you were just to charge a pound or a yeah, dollar. Yeah, exactly, or, yeah. Um, just see what happens because there is a there is that physical barrier we're well, not physical barrier but there is that barrier there um you know where you've got to get your wallet out or get your card out or you've got to um let it autofill and remember your ccv or cvv or whatever it is c2v whatever it's called mm. and um and and there, there is that barrier there it's going to take somebody a couple more minutes to complete that sale rather than just download it for free and mm. i'd be interested to know but does it still make money if it you know does it still get the downloads you know even if it was just a dollar yeah you know because then then you're dipping your toe in the water and it's so easy to remove that price if it's a dollar you know you're not going to miss that too much yeah and it, it, the functionality uh, is quite it feels quite test. key it's quite uh, it's it's a google recapture plugin so for like sign up forms um, login forms adding that extra barrier for you know bots and stuff and it's popular. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, food for thought. And I need to think about that. Maybe we can discuss that another time. Hmm. Yeah. I would also argue that Google Recapture changes every once in a while, you know, and requires that. There was one recently, I think. You know, yeah, it's version a, 3. Update to V2. Yeah. Version 3, okay. Yeah. So, it, um, it, you know, and, it, it, it does require stuff. Yeah, it doesn't support version 3 at the moment. And it's only one, one flavor of version 2. So there's room for scope there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'll let, be interested to know how you get on with that one. I yeah. think the exciting thing for you when your position that you're in is that because you've taken it on, you know, obviously you don't want to ruin it or anything, but at the same time, you've kind of got the ability to play with what's already there. So mm. I don't think you can do a huge amount wrong uh, if there are little changes such as that. And that's not, I don't think that's a big change. No, I don't think it is either. I just need to find the right way of doing it. Because obviously there's existing yeah, sure. customers, existing customers with that download in my e-commerce site. So if it, if I add the value to it or the price and then add more functions, I don't really want to give them for free. So do I just add it as a new download, retire the old one? But yeah, hey ho. I guess lots you'd have to. Yeah. Yeah, lots to think about. But really good to get that deep dive for you today, and nice chatting as always. Yeah, absolutely, and and with you, yeah. Thanks for asking me all the questions. Love talking about it. <laughs> no worries. All right, well, thanks for listening and catch you next time. No worries. Speak to you, Ian. Bye. Bye.